What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. A proud member, proud member of Fantasy Points and the Fantasy Points Media Group. D Mendy here, joined by Doc and the Bradster Damas tonight, fellas. How are we doing? We ready to talk a little AFC North hard hitting division? How yes, we sir. David, you know, I sat in that seat like two hours ago and it was it was weird. I felt like D Mendy for half an hour. I had to disinfect it once you left. So <laughs> nice. Uh but yeah, no, Eric was doing his conference calls in my office, or if you want to call this my office. And uh did you feel did you feel different, Doc? Were you feeling different being in this seat? You know what the worst part is is the client didn't show. So I drove to your house for nothing, but it was nice to see you, David. You were on the phone. I heard you on the phone. What were you doing? I was on, I was on the phone with my manager. Uh, there, While he there. was working, he was missing out on the, the big basketball argument that me and James were having during group text. Dang. Like 55 messages he missed. I, I have 55 messages I have to catch up on. What's just in 30 seconds or less, what were you guys arguing about? I was trying to say that there's no proof to show that Trey Young is an elite shooter. Oh, wow. All right. We've got a lot to catch up on. Oh, man. That's that's an interesting debate. I don't know what you use for that, but I... I use statistics. I use his shooting percentages. Well, that's... I mean, that's... A, I feel like, I guess, as good a metric as you can use for that, so... But this I'll, is football, be, so we'll talk football today. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, as we talked about, we're going to talk about the AFC North. Again, for Fantasy Points First, if you guys want to sign up for that, there's so many great things. Projections are up. They got DFS tools. They've got rankings they got everything you need over at fantasypoints.com use code triple play 22 you'll get access to all those amazing things and our guy nba rigged is in the house tonight uh, my man my love God. when he hangs out here uh he's gonna keep track of any water bets we make tonight he's probably so. most active in the in the discord i got a lot of love for nba rig rigged and up and britain's pretty active in there trey young is always a stellar fantasy option not real nba thank you nba rigs he's a stats <laughs> guy like myself He's an awesome guy, and he's in the Triple Play Fantasy Discord, which if you're not in already, you guys got to be in there. We've got 76 members, I think, something like that, growing every day, talking baseball, basketball, and football, talking movies and video games. 78. 78. I, I'm, I'm shortchanging it here. we got a lot of awesome members in there. It's active all the time. So if you guys want to be a part of it, let us know. You can message any of us, or the link to join is always in the description of a video. So you can join and be a part of that. But Without further ado, let's talk AFC North. We talked about how hard-hitting division this is. It's a very wide-open division, I think, in general, too. The Bengals winning last year and going to the Super Bowl, but the Ravens have been kingpins in this division. The Steelers have had runs at it, and the Browns, you know, whoever happens with Deshaun Watson, if he's there, they're a contender as well. So why don't we start with the Bradstradamus here? Why don't you talk about the Ravens and rookies that they drafted that could be fantasy-relevant for 2022? Sure thing. Yeah, man. In terms of rookies drafted, there aren't a lot of options to look at that, is, that are going to have tremendous value this year. Um, they didn't draft a running back, didn't draft a quarterback. They signed a good amount of undrafted rookies like Slade Bolden out of Alabama at wide receiver, but they didn't draft any wide receivers. Um, so the best bet, if you're looking for a tight end, a rookie that they drafted are tight ends. Um, they drafted Charlie Kolar and Isaiah Likely. I like them both a lot. They're athletic, big body tight ends. But they're also still behind Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle on the depth chart. And it's tough for rookie tight ends to get that hit that ground running with their blocking protections that they got to learn. 
Um, so if they had, you know, simply a, a receiving role, I'd be higher on them, but that's unlikely considering how much the Ravens want to pound the running game. So if you had to stash one of the two in a dynasty league, I'd go with Kolar as the bigger tight end. Um, he's got more impressive athletic metrics. For instance, he ran a four six seven forty, which was 80th percentile for tight ends. And it's 94th percentile. He's 94th percentile on catch radius. Um, I can see him being a better blocker. He's blocking for Brees Hall at Iowa State. And that's the best way for him to see the field. But in terms of redraft, there's no rookies on on the Ravens that I'm interested in. I kind of like Isaiah Likely as a sleeper. I had him as my number three tight end going into the draft. And I do think the tight, the Ravens do run a lot of multi-tight end sets. Yeah, so they he do. could be someone that could be a, a great touchdown call uh, as far as like getting a lot of touchdowns at the tight end position, running with Mark Andrews there, especially because they yeah. don't have a lot of great receivers. Uh, I do want to put up rigged unless Trey Young gets a Draymond like Curry this year. The, this year's Draymond was Jeremy Sachin. I don't even know Jeremy's. That, that's how unplugged I am from the NBA. So, uh, but uh, Sports Wikipedia checking in. Our guy said Bengals are taking the AFC North. I don't know. Uh, I like I the think I got a lot. The I like the value on the Steelers this year. I think I got the Ravens taking it. I think it without the Steelers number. What are the Steelers number, Eric? The odds? Yeah. I haven't checked. I think last time I saw it was like plus 350, maybe. I haven't uh, checked recently. I'd need longer eyes than that. So, Doc, you're taking the Steelers? I mean, for the value, I can get, yeah. If you just had to pick one, who's winning the division? I'll go Steelers. Brad, you're going, uh, what are you going? going Ravens. I'm going Ravens as well. So, Sports Wikipedia might be part of this water bet taking the division. Uh, who's, uh, the AFC North is definitely wide open. And he's, he's definitely, and uh, Rigged is on it. Doc, what about you? Let's talk about the. Uh, what team did you do? The Steelers. The Steelers. Yeah, I was trying about... to segue perfectly into <laughs> there it. There you go. So they drafted a lot of offensive rookies since first starting out with Kate Pickett with the first uh, round 20th pick. I don't think that he's going to be valuable in redraft barring a Trubisky injury. Um, I think he's more for dynasty leagues. And even speaking with Chris Wormley, shameless plug, that we had on last week, current defensive end for the Steelers, without coming Great out interview. and saying thank you. Um, he said that. Basically, Tomlin has spoke highly of Trubisky. They signed him on a one-year deal. I mean, keep in mind, this is a number two overall pick that I believe is 26 years old. So, And he played in an awful Matt Nagy, Matt Nagy offense, so I think the, the upside is still there. Um, but they took a couple of receivers, which I think is interesting. They took George Pickens out of Georgia with the second round. Uh, he played just four games in 2021 where he had five catches for 107 yards. The other three seasons, a combined 90 for 1,347, 14 touchdowns. He's 6'3", though, and ran a 4.47. So I think that they will likely have him replace Juju. And then the other is Calvin Austin. They took out of Memphis in the fifth round a speedster of 4.3240. And he was first-team All-ACC 2020 and 2021. He does a little bit of everything. He does punt returns also. And that makes me think what the Steelers do with these late round wide receivers where they have them on returns, then move them in. We've seen him with Mike Wallace, Antonio Brown, a little bit of foreshadowing, but maybe they don't re-sign Deontay Johnson. And then the last one, Connor Hayward, who's a tight end fullback hybrid in the sixth round, younger brother of Cameron Hayward. They said they're going to have him start out at tight end, but might move him around to fullback, even a little bit of special team. So I think nothing more than an obscure touchdown pick. 
Were you going to say something, Brad? Um, it, no, yeah. When he was talking about uh, George Pickens, I, I just want to say that um, he was the only person to have a better um, drop rate than Sky Moore. So he had the lowest drop rate over his career than the in the entire NCAA. So he got but, huge hands, also. Yeah, he's he's a real sure. You said he might be the guy to replace Juju, and I think that's spot on. He was once the potential wide receiver one of the 22, 22 class before he teared his ACL. So yep. he had the pedigree, excellent hands, strength, toughness, 63 snaps and only in 2021, but uh, definitely somebody that could be the best receiver in this class, potentially, if he lives up to the potential he once showed. I mean, he went to Georgia, and you saw what he was doing there before he got hurt. So the Steelers, it was frustrating because taking him and then taking Calvin Austin, it's like a team like that needed yeah like they just keep taking them and i think calvin austin's a great call there doc did calvin austin have like some sort of um like disciplinary thing that i didn't know about like how as a guy that fast that did that well in memphis just go undrafted well he went in like the fifth round right um whatever fifth round or undrafted like he's he he was the fastest is he undersized He's five nine. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's small, but all everybody's small now. He had a drop off his senior year. I think coming from first team all ACC the previous two. I mean, Memphis mm. isn't known as I feel like a big wide receiver school, but sometimes that's where these obscures. Sixty as a Spider Man. He's a running back. But Antonio Gibson was <laughs> I'm a wide, in, college, in college. Yeah, he's a wide receiver in Memphis. Yeah. We have to say. Now the player can catch sticky as a Spider-Man glue gun. I like it. And Sports Wikipedia says Joe Burrow will likely be a top five quarterback this decade or just outside. He'll be one of the most talked about quarterbacks in the future. I'm going to talk yeah. about Joe Burrow in this episode. I think that makes sense. He's he's going to have a drop off in fantasy this year. That's Ooh. the one thing I will say. Um, I don't think that's crazy. But he is definitely real life wise. He is fantastic and definitely as long as he stays healthy, will be one of the top quarterbacks of this decade. I agree with you, Sports Wikipedia. Uh, the Bengals are easy. They didn't draft any offensive players in their draft this year. <laughs> it was all defensive players. So there is no impact rookies for the Cincinnati Bengals. For the Cleveland Browns, there are a couple that are intriguing, most notably David Bell, who had his draft stock fall once his, he had a really bad combine. But he was had 400, or I'm sorry, 232 receptions since 2019, which was number one in all of the FBS. And he's potentially going to come in there and compliment Amari Cooper. I know Donovan Peoples-Jones is there, but I don't think he's necessarily somebody that you can count on being the future at that position for the Cleveland Browns. So He's throwing on the ball. That's another big question, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. But I think David Bell is a chance for a lot of volume among the rookie wide receivers. He should go in there and be the number three right away and potentially could have get up to the number two. The other player that intrigues me, and he won't be relevant this year, is Jerome Ford, who was one of my favorite running backs coming out out of Cincinnati. If you look at his game tape, he is electric when he touches the ball. A little bit small, but he's explosive. The problem is for this year that they have right now Kareem Hunt. There's talks that he could potentially be cut, but for right now, he's still on the team. Dearness Johnson was just brought back uh, on a contract this year. And they even have Demetric Felton, who was the sixth-round pick last year that played really well. It's all so, behind Nick Chubb. Yeah, and they're all, of course, behind Nick Chubb. So I don't think Jerome Ford is going to be relevant, barring a ton of injuries this season. But he's someone that's very intriguing in Dynasty Leagues that you can you can take now where people aren't talking about him. 
and he could easily be the backup to Nick Chubb next year. Like I, that would a, not be shocking to me. Yeah, to your point, like it's, it is a contract year for Kareem Hunt, which could mean he could be gone next year. Yeah, so Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, I think was a one-year pretty much guaranteed deal. Demetric Felton's a six-round pick. Like there's a good path to uh, Jerome Ford being the number two guy next year. So dynasty leagues, look at him. Redraft leagues, he's irrelevant unless a ton of injuries happen. But I, I really like him a lot. They also drafted Michael Woods, wide receiver out of Oklahoma in the sixth round, but I don't think he, he might not even make the roster. So that would be the rookie side of things. Let's talk about the actual fantasy relevant players. Starting back, going back to the Ravens, Brad, you've been all over the Ravens this offseason. I think feel like making tons of videos about the Ravens. Uh, what are your thoughts about them? Yeah, I, this may surprise, but I'm I'm not big on anybody on the Ravens outside of Lamar and Mark Andrews. Um, so Lamar's Lamar. Any negative you, any negativity you saw and the results versus your expectations was strictly based off of injury. Um, he's electric. You know that's not changing anytime soon. I have him as my QB two on the year behind only Josh Allen. He's got elite rushing upside and red zone touches and reliable wide receiver targets and Mark Andrews and Bateman. And you can take him with your first round pick and not worry in the slightest. Um, I'm going to be avoiding the backfield altogether in Baltimore. Lamar is always going to be the RB one and the QB one. They were always going to use a running back by committee. And that's even more the case when you're trying to manage health of your young backs. Dobbins and Edwards are coming off of season ending injuries last year. And this will be their first year back. They didn't draft a running back, so that shows the confidence they have that they'll be okay, which is a positive. But they also have Justice Hill coming back to the mix. And they signed Mike Davis, who, while he can be frustrating, being the running back in Baltimore will afford him more holes than he was getting, you know, pretty much anywhere else in his entire career. Even Devontae Freeman busted loose a few good games last year. So I think Mike Mike Davis can do the same. Um I think it'll be a crapshoot with who gets the running back touches, and I don't want to play that game until more is clear. Somebody's going to have to get cut or injured or something for me to, to be interested in the, the Ravens' backfield. So I wouldn't draft Dobbins or Edwards until like the eighth round, and neither of them will be available then. Let me ask um, you this, Brad, before you go to the wide receivers. Sports Wikipedia says that twenty eight since 2018, Ravens have finished top three in rushing yards each year. Will the Ravens finish top three in rushing yards again? I'd say Yes. Uh, I think them drafting tight ends shows and not wide receivers shows they're fine with their running with their wide receiver room and they're more interested in pounding the rock, controlling the clock, letting their defense do work. And I think that leans more towards the running game and Lamar on the ground and Dobbins and Edwards mixing it up. Um, I, I see no reason why they wouldn't have, you know, a great rushing game again. Um, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not interested in the, the wide receiving options in, in Baltimore really at all. Um, and that's that's mainly due to ADP um, mm-hmm. see, with the pass catchers. Mark Andrews is always an easy choice. I have him as my T2 this year behind Kelsey. I don't know if you can call Hollywood Brown a safety blanket, but he was Lamar's second favorite target. Now he's gone, and that's going to be going to Andrews and Bateman. But Bateman's ADP is too high for me. I think he's going to have a lot of games where he has 10 receptions for 50 yards. Um, people are saying that he's going to have Hollywood's role, and that's just – that's not what he does. You know, he had a lower average air yards and lower average yards per route than Duvernay and Prochet, and both of them are also listed as starters. So um, I, basically due to hype and ADPs, the only Baltimore players I'm willing to draft are Lamar and Mark Andrews. 
Doc, make sure you take note of Riggs' question here because when we get to the Steelers, we, I want to address that as well, talking about George Pickens. As far as the Ravens, though, he's asked uh, NBA Rig asked Brad if you think that Dobbins could be a sure thing RB1, so a top 12 running back. You don't have him anywhere near there. I, no, I think he might get drafted as an RB1. Um, I He might get drafted as an RB1, and that scares me even more. I, I just It's going to be a running back by committee, and – there's no telling whether Edwards or Edwards or Dobbins is going to get those red zone touches or will it be Lamar? And it probably will be Lamar. It's just, they're both nursing injuries that they came off of last year. There's just no, I have no confidence that any running back has, you know, the lead has the, the, the RB one role. I think it's a true running back by committee until, until otherwise shown. I have J.K. Dobbins just outside RB1 range. I think I have him like RB15. and He's not even just, in my RB2 range. So he, if you guys remember, of course, he missed all of 2021 with the torn ACL. But in 2020, he carried the ball 134 times for 805 yards and nine touchdowns. And the overall RB24 on the season his rookie year, he was RB10 from weeks 11 to 17. So you saw the potential that was there. And health is going to be a big deal with him, of course. But if he's on the field from week one, I feel like there's still a good path for him to being extremely fantasy relevant. So, Dave, I I get that argument, but were you up on Saquon Barkley after his first year back? I mean, Saquon Barkley, if I remember, heard he had a few injuries before that. If I mean, he's had injuries over the last few years. Sure, but the point is that Coming back from your ACL or Achilles, your first year back is not good. It's always your second and third year that you start to feel like yourself. And he's coming back his first year. And just because he has that path, because he's had it in the past, I I just, I don't know. It it just seems very risky to me. But I I understand the argument. It's not crazy. You could be right. I just, I think there are better options. So the one thing that I am like encouraged was because it happened before the season technically started that's true so he's had a a big amount of it's not like someone like cam Akers, you know came back and rushed it so i'm looking i will say this about dobbins because i was debating very hard taking him in our startup dynasty david they Mm. said there was more than just the torn acl that there was some other ligament damage and that's what gives me a little bit of pause because that usually happens with an acl though yeah but like for example if you read if you read Tariq cohen's letter to himself like that was a major setback. Everybody just assumed it was a ACL, but there was LCL. That there was meniscus damage. So, how sad is that to recall story, man? I can't believe he got hurt again. I know, it's crazy. Um, they're obviously for reference. These these players are a little bit older, but this is according to Stat Crunch. These are some players before and after the injury. Edron James' yardage went down. Jamal Lewis's yardage stayed the same. Jamal Charles' yardage went up. Adrian Peterson's yardage, everybody knows, went up. Rashard Mendenhall's went down extremely a, a big amount. Deuce McAllister's, Ronnie Brown's all went down. So I think like it depends on the player, but I don't think it's necessarily an open and shut case that they no. sell stuff. So it's, it's definitely not. player to player. Absolutely. Um, and Rashad Bateman is, I know, a whole other argument. We don't want to sit here all this time just talking about the Ravens. I'm big on Rashad Bateman this year. I do think the amount of vacated targets on that team, if you include running backs, is like 240 targets which mm-hmm. is an insane amount to have vacant. And to me, volume is king in fantasy football. And Absolutely. he should have a path to a lot of volume. So like you said, Brad, maybe he has 10 catches for 62 yards and a touchdown. But at the end of the day, that's going to be 16.2 
PPR points, which is probably going to be a back end like wide receiver one that week just because of the, of the 10 catches. So like I it's do also, think just, it's also assuming Prochet and Duvernay get nothing. I don't see a big thing for I, I, Duvernay. I do think it's a bigger role in the offense this year. I think Duvernay and Prochet both do. They mm-hmm. they both have really they had a super small sample size last year, but they both are very good receivers. And you know you look at a guy like Duvernay out of Texas, like he had a great college career. You know it's all about opportunity and those vacated targets. Duvernay and Prochet mimic Hollywood Brown's game more than Rashad Bateman. We need a Rashad Bateman bet. We're going to move we on. Uh, but uh, break, I think he's with me on the Dobbins recovery. We're going to be optimistic for him. Mm-hmm. Hope that he gets back there. Brad is too, of course. Of Brad course, just, yeah. Just not um, this year. Yeah. Um, but Rashad Bateman, rigged. we're going to have to, in the Discord, figure out what the, the over-under for his finish is going to be because that will be one between Brad and I for sure. Doc, let's talk about the Steelers. Give us your synopsis on their skill position players and fantasy-relevant players. Yeah, so starting out at the quarterback position, I really love Mitchell Trubisky where he's getting drafted this year, and I know that's not a popular thing to say, but this is probably the best supporting cast he's ever had. With His time with the Bears, it was mostly just Allen Robinson and then Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, in a not steady offense. So right now his redraft ranking, he's quarterback 33 with an ADP of 210. So he's going to start out the year if all we say is true. First career, 64 touchdowns, 38 interceptions. He has a rushing floor of about 200 yards. And just to put it in context, the last three years of Ben's career, he had 46 carries for 23 yards. So I think having a multitude of good wide receivers and the rushing upside is going to open up the Steelers' playbook like we haven't seen in years. The thing that does issue me is 27 fumbles in his career. He's very careless with the ball if he's not – if he holds on to it, besides the interceptions part. Um, with Najee, he's a top three or four pick for me. And it's just in terms of the volume itself. I don't think anybody is worried about Benny Snell or Anthony McFarland taking carries away. Um, maybe, I mean, are we Trey Edmonds? We're not. He had 307 carries last year, which was second in the NFL to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, 1,600 total yards, 10 total touchdowns, barring injury. I mean, we even talk about like Naheem Mines is going to take some Jonathan Taylor carries. I don't think we can say that about anyone with Pitt. Najee Harris might have the backfield to himself more than anyone else in the NFL. We don't have to worry about their backup. His handcuff probably doesn't even get drafted besides deeper leagues. Um, Rick, to touch on your point about Juju, it's interesting because his role has fluctuated. So first two years, he's working alongside Antonio Brown. Then Antonio Brown leaves. He then switches to the slot, um, or he was slot with Antonio Brown, then switches to the outside for two years with Deontay and only plays five games last year. I'd assume Pickens being 6'3", that he is going to play the wide, deep outside role, but I think the Steelers are going to be creative how they use him. I think especially a red zone threat. Um, But with Deontay Johnson, you like what you see out of him. His receptions have gone up each year. Yards have gone up each year. Even touchdowns, being in a slot role, he got eight. But I wonder, do the Steelers resign him? He's an unrestricted free agent after this season. And with the way that wide receivers are getting paid and the hesitancy with Steelers typically don't dole out at that position, I'm wondering if he could be gone. But that might be good for fantasy implications and redraft because contract years usually are when people have a really good fantasy year. Claypool, I think, does bounce back. He's had back-to-back yards in the 800 range, 873 and 860. 
but the big drop off was touchdowns. Rookie season, he had nine touchdowns, including that one four touchdown game, and he only had two total last year. And I think with as much crap as he's been getting this offseason about his immaturity, I mean, he put out a story thinking he's top three wide receiver. He's a 6'4", 238 frame. I think he comes in this year and really, really steps it up. I think 1,000 yards, five touchdown floor. And then Pat Fryermuth, he's a good value for tight end. But I see a little bit of Robert Tanya aggression. Last year, he had seven touchdowns, which was six most among tight ends. But I don't see that repeating, especially he had only 497 yards. But if you don't get one of the top tier ones, you're looking for someone that just is average that can get in the end zone. And that's probably the, the definition of Friar Muth. Surprised you guys don't have more. So only channel that knows that covers multiple sports. Also, you guys give valid points. Sports Wikipedia, you are the man. Uh, tell your friends, man. We're trying to grow and and have this triple play be a household name. So it's always word of mouth and, and people like you that help support the channel. So we appreciate you, man. Uh, really do. And then Rigged also adds perhaps Cincinnati's triplets. So we're going to talk about Cincinnati in a second here. And also too deep with Claypool plus Pickens would be wild. Deontay gobbling all the slot dump offs this offense plus Najee well suited to be against Cincinnati. Yeah, they definitely have a good offense, offense, but it starts at the quarterback position and uh, what they're going to be able to do with, with, you know, uh, Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky there. Pickens, the number four rookie wide receiver this year. That yeah. Be, I, I think I'll low. probably ha have him around there. I, I would have a few above him. So I think that's I had right him around there too, but that yeah. might even be low when it's all said and done. He's really good. As long as he's healthy, he's definitely yeah. has at the potential. Let's talk about the Bengals real quick. Let's be fair. Jamar Chase, top three wide receiver, most likely. Um, top five at the very worst, you would think. Yeah, absolutely. T. Higgins is somebody that is probably the best number two in the NFL right now. I don't have to give you a lot of statistics about him. He's going pretty much as a back-end wide receiver one in most fantasy drafts. I have and, had my wide receiver 13, yeah. Yeah, so like pretty much a back-end wide receiver one, yeah. high-end two. He's going to get, you know... Like, you know, playing with, J with Jamar Chase, there's going to be weeks that Jamar Chase just booms, that T. Higgins doesn't do as much. And then uh, T. Higgins is obviously going to have weeks where he gets you a couple touchdowns. Uh, that's just going to be the Bengals offense. I don't need to give, give you guys analysis on that. I think everybody with eyes can see that. But let's talk about the sports Wikipedia has brought up. Besides protecting Joe Burrow, what do the Bengals need to improve on? I want to talk about Joe, Joe Burrow specifically for a second. So if you look at the amount of attempts last year for quarterbacks, Joe Burrow was 15th in attempts at 520 attempts total. The completion percentage, it was right at, if I'm not mistaken, he had the highest completion percentage at 70.4%. Is a 70% completion percentage repeatable? I really don't think so. You don't see that too often consistently year after year. The low attempts being 20th in the, or 15th in the league last year. The big thing with that I look at when evaluating quarterbacks in terms of their year-to-year -year success for fantasy if they don't run is touchdown percentage. And Joe Burrow was third in the NFL last year with a 6.5% touchdown percentage. Now, for reference, league average is somewhere between 4 to 5%, which does not sound like a big gap, but it really is. If you have a quarterback that gets, like Aaron Rodgers had a 7% touchdown percentage last year. That stuff you don't see usually repeat year after year for most quarterbacks. It normally settles in in that four to five range, which means if they don't run consistently, they're not going to be getting as many touchdowns, especially, uh, again, the touchdown percentage, meaning what percent of their throws is throwing touchdowns. Again, 
that is something in Joe Burrow's profile that is not going to be sticky year after year. You're going to have, obviously, early on in the season, they're not going to want to wear him out. They're going to run the ball like you saw with Joe Mixon. They have a very capable run game. I do think Joe Burrow, because he's now elevated and going now is like, I think, the QB six or seven in drafts. That is his ceiling to me, uh, most likely this year, with based off of his year last year. And I, I do think that for fantasy, Joe Burrow is being very overvalued based on what he did last year and stats that aren't going to stick. This Where do you have season. him? I have to look on my my rankings. I believe hey, on, I, I have him up. as like I got pulled up right here. You have him as your QB twelve. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like he's going to be a back end QB one. Okay, um, I don't think that's correct. I think you made a lot of valid points. Yeah, I so I. QB eight for similar reasons. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you know, he's in that like Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr range. Like these guys are going to be able to be fantasy relevant, but they're not going to do it with their legs. Joe Burrow, like as far as the Bengals needing to improve on, they improve their offensive line, which is fantastic. He's going to have more time to throw. He'll be definitely be accurate. I expect some regression in terms of just his efficiency. Um, I, Rick, Rick says, brings up a good point right here. You know, Uzoma did leave. Like he was, he's not a nothing asset. He was a very good tight end last year, and I think yeah. him getting hurt really hurt them. And I, have to, I don't remember the top of my head who they used to replace him because uh, I can't think um, who they brought in. I don't remember his name either. But it's definitely not. Is it, is it is it not Drew Sample season? No, it's not <laughs> Drew Sample season. No. Uh, I do think Burrow is going to be fine. Just not, he's not going to be the QB six or seven that you're drafting him as, in my opinion, personally. Um, but the Bengals have a lot of Hayden Hurst. Thank you, Rigged. He, he's actually the one that they're talking about as a sleeper potentially to step into a role like that. But he, he'll I've, most I've fallen like, for that one before. That Hayden <laughs> yeah. Hurst. Yeah. Um, pass. But yeah, I mean, Burrow's a, a fine, is obviously a great real life quarterback. Very much, I think, going to be a somewhat run of the mill average quarterback for fantasy them fighting words david browns let's touch on them real quick as we wrap up here nick chubb back end rb1 and ppr leagues top five six seven quarterback or running back for redraft is that where you guys are at with him or i'm sorry for for non-ppr yeah i i think everyone else on the team and i mean just talking about the elephant in the room it's going to be Deshaun Watson. If he plays, which I don't think many of us think he will, then, you know, the positions are are upgraded. But with Jacoby Brissett, assuming being weak starter, I mean, you got to downgrade everybody. He's like fantasy, whatever you want to call it. I don't like all the Jacoby Brissett slander, but I mean, he is a downgrade from Watson. So I, I did a video. I did a video about this. It flopped, unfortunately, but, uh, I had so I have Nick Chubb at RB eight right now, and basically my thinking was that if Deshaun Watson is out for the year, which I project he will be, and it looks like he might be, then it's going to be Kareem Hunt season because they're going to be in a lot of, you know, third and longs, a lot of passing downs, and Kareem Hunt is useful in that situation, whereas Nick Chubb doesn't get a lot of air targets. Um, if Deshaun Watson plays, he could be top end RB1 or middle of the pack RB1 for Chubb. I mean, but it yeah. doesn't look like he's going to play. So that's, I, I think it's more. As Riggs than, points out, yeah, like Watson's going to be out. Brits at starting is. I just want to give a little bit of shout out to Jacoby Brissett because David, you know, I like him more than the average person. 
Over yeah. 7,700 passing yards for his career, 36 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, and 14 rushing, 13 rushing touchdowns. He's not okay? good for fantasy receivers. He's not good for receivers for fantasy. He's, like, also, okay, gotten, he's also gotten worse every year that he's The amount of fantasy. slander, the amount of slander that he's gotten, I'm not okay with. He's a is good, he, he's a fine backup. He's just not good. And then he was horrendous in Miami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, isn't everybody bad in Miami for the most part? Uh, I don't know. I did, uh, yeah. There's a lot of good quarterbacks that wouldn't be bad in Miami, you know. Hayden Hurst has a mental health potathon, very popular actually. Yeah, like he's it's definitely something worth checking out. July 16th. Um, Hayden Hurst, great dude. Yeah, just I don't know about for I'll fantasy leave, per se. That. He's a great dude, that's for sure. Last thing before we get out of here is Joe Mixon underrated. No. He finally got the recognition he deserved last season. Yeah, I think I think last year he became properly rated, but before last year he was probably underrated. Top ten running back, I think most people put him there in redraft. Yeah, that's about right. I know we didn't touch on the Cleveland pass catchers really. Amari Cooper, potential wide receiver one with Deshaun Watson. Without Deshaun Watson, I think he's probably like a back end wide receiver two. If to, to be honest with you guys, can we leave it at this? If Jacoby Brissett's starting, I'm sorry, Eric. Jacoby Brissett is starting. There's not any wide receiver in this offense you're comfortable starting in a 12-team league. That's fine. The defense. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's true. I just it could be ugly in Cleveland next year. That they're very hard to assess right now because and there's so much they, uncertainty. They did that to themselves. They decided they wanted to sign Deshaun Watson, and that's that the, that's what they did. And if so you guys are going week one with Jacoby Brissett, Allen Robinson, Rob, Robert Woods, I would go a Rob as well over a Rob. A Rob, Robert Woods, Amari Cooper were all on the A Rob train there. And with that said, we are going to wrap up. Eric has a basketball game he's going to, so he's getting ready to change into his uniform and drop a big old two points tonight. So give me six. <laughs> give you eight six. Uh, anything you guys want to plug real quick, Brad? Anything you want to plug out there? Uh, we always got content going on YouTube. Um, I just dropped a video on YouTube. Uh, Dave has an excellent video with Austin Eckler, a great interview on YouTube. You should check that out. Um, our baseball pods, football pods, basketball pods, everything on YouTube. We want a lot, a lot of viewership on YouTube. So check us out on YouTube channel. Yeah, it's really, that's the biggest thing we push is our YouTube content. So if you guys always want to support, you can subscribe to the YouTube and make sure you guys join the Discord. If you want to join, again, message any of us or the link's always in the video description to join there uh that's gonna wrap us up rigged bring that question into the discord because we gotta wrap it up here uh always appreciate you my friend you are the man but that would be a great one that we can put in the discord there uh but yeah for doc for brad i'm demendy johnny foosball is going to be out one more week while he's on vacation the whole crew will be back together in a few weeks but you'll see all three of us next week to wrap up the afc east with our division previews here but until then, we're going to like break like a bread truck and we're going to haul these buns. Catch you guys next one. Peace.